0: Hello everybody and welcome to Boston Balling. I'm your host Gabby Hurlbutt. Happy Thursday. We're almost at the end of the week so everyone hopefully hopefully you're plowing through this week having a good week. We were just talking about before we jumped on here that the weather is not exactly great today where I am in Connecticut but hopefully it gets nicer this weekend and everyone can kind of enjoy their weekend. I know I have my sister's college graduation this weekend so Uh, she's definitely looking forward to that, but hopefully it's not too uncomfortably hot for that, um, either. That would not be too fun. Um, but looking forward to bringing you all another episode. Um, definitely a lot to talk about today. Really looking forward to introducing my guest that I have with me on this episode. You may know him for a lot of different reasons. Providence College, uh, Voice of Gillette Stadium, WEI, Petrus.com, you name it. He does it all really. Um, John Rook, how are you doing today?
1: Great, Gabby. Thanks for having me. How are you? Other than really? being cold where you are, it's cold where I am too. I'm like, I, I just checked the calendar, and it's supposed to be like ninety something here this week.
0: Yeah, I I, I think this weekend is supposed to be super hot. I, I saw it around ninety five on Saturday.
1: I, I want to go to the beach. Yeah, I but I kind of want to go to the beach. I'm like, you know, we got to get all this beach time in before football season starts, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's that weather is definitely looking like it's hopefully coming. We're here. Hopefully, there will be some good beach days next week coming up. So, um, fingers it. crossed for that. Yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely. I'm definitely ready for beach and tan season.
1: Totally. <laughs> so, although the tan part, uh eh, I just burned now, so I'm kind of like you know, I was one of those. I was one of those back in the day. You know, probably when I was your age, that I, I used to put. Um, and I'm sure that there'd be some older people like me that would remember this. I used to put baby oil and iodine together
0: really? Because, really? It
1: would dip, because it would definitely bronze you. I mean, it would, yeah. you know, of course we, we discovered that not only would it bronze you, it would slowly bake you like a piece of chicken. So wow. uh, probably not really good for you based on what we know nowadays about, you know, uh, skin cancers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was me. I was a sun god. I used to spend all waking hours of my days on the roof of the fraternity house uh, baking to get you know, get golden bronze and impress nobody but myself.
0: <laughs> that sounds kind of fun, though, to be honest.
1: It was. Well, listen, when you're old enough to be able to handle that. Yeah, it was fun. But, you know, now that I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's just ah, forget it. Let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely am a big summer person as well. And for some reason, I feel like this past winter kind of dragged by, too. So I've yeah. just been ready for the warm weather
1: yeah yeah i think so too i am just been frustrated with it because it was such a cold and wet and rainy you know winter time around here uh that i always long for the you know the warm weather as soon as we can get it in fact it gets to the point usually when basketball season's over and i've still got you know school uh you know going on since you know i'm a college professor as well that i, I like i crave the, the winter times i mean the crave the summertime so um my girlfriend and i we usually try to get away during her school vacation week and um, get off out into, uh, you know, a little time in Key West, you know, just to, oh, just, just to escape the cold almost more than anything else and just do nothing but for a couple of days just sit in the heat. And yeah. Sweat.
0: See, that sounds super nice, but then it's always hard flying back, I feel like, when it's winter and it's cold, being welcomed back into that New England weather.
1: It is so hard coming home. It just—it's hard. It's hard. It is, hard. but they've gotten used to it over the years, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. But that sounds super nice, though, that you're able to do that trip.
1: Love it, love it. I mean, it's—it's it's a vastly underrated place. Uh, very eclectic, as I'm sure you probably were. Have you ever been there before? Have ever been I have out not. To the West? Yeah, it's—you it has got all kinds of people. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of you know uh, people older than me that like to hang out as well. But I would say it's mostly an older crowd, and then the younger crowd is—is. Is, um, Let's just say um all different walks of life. All different walks of <laughs> life. But you know what? Nobody bothers any of it's great. I mean it's it's fantastic. Best part about it is the happy hour.
0: <laughs> happy <laughs> hours all the over happy the happy place.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not worth going into a place unless they gotta, you know, unless they're doing a happy hour. If they're doing a happy hour, then we're all set. I can hang for a while.
0: <laughs> exactly. Everyone's happy. Happy hours
1: in live music. There's a ton of it down there. So
0: Really? That sounds like something my parents would like. Oh,
1: thanks. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. That was a nice little backhanded slap. Appreciate
0: (laughs) (laughs) it. I mean, no, I'm a big live music fan as well, though. So
1: I'm with you on
0: that. Yeah, me too.
1: But but the one problem that I have is that I I think I'm at an age now where I'm trying to decide, uh, okay, so when do I enjoy the music and when do I stop enjoying the music and want them to turn down the sound because it's too loud. So I don't think I've gotten to that age yet.
0: That's good. That's I think good I'm point.
1: close though. I'm, I'm, I'm close. You're getting that point. Well, you know, where I, where I was located, you know, this year, we are, uh, the room that we had in, in the place where we were staying was uh, a couple of doors down from an outdoors bar that overlooks Duval street, which is the the big, you know, the main street in Key West. And you can hear uh, the singer in the, at the bar through all the walls and so I actually asked him I said you know hey you know is there any way that you can put us you know away from where the bar is located and they kind of laughed and I said hey it's nothing to do with me being older but I said you know when we come home you know when we're drunk we'd like to collapse and go to sleep
0: yeah you know
1: <laughs> and of course yeah. when you're drunk the music shouldn't keep you awake anyway right
0: yeah, exactly, because you, you once you're out, you're out, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Right. Yeah, well, in theory, right? I probably said too much on that subject already anyway, so.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. Hey, we uh, we definitely all have uh, those times, and we enjoy those times, so I'm oh, with yeah. you on that. Oh, definitely. yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you joining me on, on the show today. Really excited to chat with you. I am um definitely a little bit curious kind of how you even got into the industry um, and what, how that all started for you.
1: Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I mean, I, I got into the industry, I think, largely because I was a failed athlete, you know, like most, like a lot of broadcasters do. Um, I I played basketball in high school and uh, tore up my knee. And it was, um, it was really, um, it was really sad, you know, to be 16 years old and think that your life ahead of you was over. And um, so the coach I think took pity on me and, and he didn't happen to have an athletic trainer that year, that season. And so it was kind of like, Hey, why don't you learn how to you know, be a trainer and you know, you can come, you know, tape ankles and knees and wrists and rehab yourself and all that kind of stuff. And, and you can still hang around your friends. And I'm like, sure, I'll do that. So I went to a couple of clinics, learned how to, you know, basically take care of some basic athletic training needs. And a friend of mine um, who was a, a year older than me in high school, this is when I was a junior in high school. He uh, thought it was pretty cool that I was doing this to stay on the team. So he worked for the school newspaper and he did a story on me. And I always, and it was really cool, the whole process. You know, I, I went to the journalism office and I sat down across the table from him and he had this little tape recorder and he was recording my interview and he's taking notes. I mean, he's being a due diligent journalist. Right. A week later, I was like big man on campus. It was unbelievable. You know, oh, there's John Rook. Oh, he's giving everything for, you know, good old Pascal High, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, that was fun and all because, you know, girls would say hello to me that they didn't know who I was. So that was that was pretty cool. But um, the thing that I love most about it was the process of putting it together and and and, and the, the final product. So I inquired, and I you know got a slot on the school newspaper because I thought it was neat. Six months after that, I was the co-editor of the paper. Six months wow. after that, I won a scholarship in journalism to the University of Texas at Austin. Wow. So it was clearly a case of, you know a big door closing for me. a 45 now almost 50 year career has opened itself up to me. And it all happened because I ripped up my knee. So I mean, you know, that's really how I got started. That's a true story. And, you know, I've got the scar on my knee still to prove it. But, I, you know, it, it just – that's one of the things that I sell, you know, my college students. I tell my my own two boys this, you know, and my youngest son is also in the industry like uh, like I am. And, um, you know, I, and I tell him, I said you know, you should never be afraid to fail. And you should never feel sorry for yourself if you get – Dismissed or fired or let go, or it's it nine and a half times out of ten, it's not your fault. What it is is just a vict- you're a victim of circumstances, really being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And your job is now to maneuver yourself into a better position for you. And I, it, it took me a while to figure that out before I finally figured that out. And so I've never looked at, you know, getting fired or getting let go or moving on from other things as a negative. I've always looked at it as, OK, what's the next opportunity that's going to open itself up to me? And that's really the, 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 the thing that I've stuck with most through the years. And it's kept me going for a really long time. I've been in this business for almost 50 years now. I first started in this business um, as a newspaper boy, throwing a newspaper route. And that's been 50 years ago uh, this summer. So, you know, that's that. But that's that's how I started. And then my first paid job, other than, you know, getting paid to, you know, throw the newspaper route, uh, was um, answering phones in the sports department of the uh, local uh, newspaper where I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, the Fort Worth Star Telegram newspaper. And okay. I started doing that when I was a junior in high school. So, for my last two years of high school, I'm answering the phones in the sports department. I'm listening to unbelievable stories. I learned a lot of words that I didn't know at the time either, but um, it was it was an invaluable education, and it really uh, gave me a desire to kind of continue to do what I did. And I ended up getting a school a scholarship to go to school, and then um, uh, and the rest, as they say, is history.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like the mindset is a huge thing too. And just like you said, looking at everything as an opportunity rather than getting discouraged if something happens. Because like you said, getting laid off from a job or something like that is a lot of times out of your control. It's just unfortunate circumstances. It, it, it absolutely. Amazing. You
1: can't. You, like you, yeah, you, you can't. There's so much that's out there that you can't control. In fact, that's what a lot of people really don't realize about the business is that there's so much that you cannot control. Uh, that a lot of people are like, well, then why the hell do you get into the business? Don't you want to be able to control your fate? Honestly, no. That's part of the fun of it. I have never had a boring day in my life in my job. I like to also tell people that I don't think I've ever really worked a day in my life. Now, have I worked before? Yeah. Look, I've driven a forklift. I've worked on an assembly line. I I had a newspaper route when I was you know 13. I mean, I, I've done some real you know, blue-collar things in my life right? But I've never felt like I work. I enjoy doing these things. I still enjoy doing the things that I do, which is why I do them. And so this is why I tell, you know, people who want to get into the business, people your age and and, and even younger, um, you know, look, uh, it's great if you have a passion, follow it, but be smart about it and be flexible and don't take no for an answer. And when you do, you know, fall down, learn to pick yourself back up and find the next door, that opens, you know, a pathway for you. And if you're able to do that, then you're gonna you're gonna grow old like I will someday. <laughs> I mean, that's really there's no other way to put it. I mean look at this, you know? Jeez, cotton top over here.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's I'm scared for those days, but definitely scared for those days.
1: You've got a long time.
0: (laughs) But Yeah, I definitely like that advice, though. I feel like it's the type of industry where there's no clear-cut path. Everybody's path is different, and being able to take opportunities and say yes to everything, like you said, is just going to help grow you and grow your skills and be able to just be open-minded in terms of the type of path that you're taking.
1: Totally. You have to be. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, in the curriculum that I teach – we teach versatility, because right now you, you can't really pigeonhole yourself uh, into say, "Well, I'm going to be X, or I'm going to be Y, or I'm going to be Z, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to." No, stop right there, because you are setting yourself up for abject failure. You have to keep your mind open, and you have to prepare yourself to be ready to do almost anything. But somebody asked me to, you know, like, Hey, can you do this? I'm going to say, sure. I can do that before I figure out what the hell is it I'm supposed to do again? You know, I mean, I always say yes before I, well, I don't know if I can do that. Right. I don't ever plant a seed of doubt. I say yes. And then I'll figure it out. Okay. And, and, and so I, I, think that's a huge key because when you, you know, put a little bit of the, of a fire underneath, you and a little pressure to learn how to do something, man, that's the best education I think anybody can get, you know, is that sense of urgency. So, you know, uh, that's, that's a large key to success is that drive and that determination. You know, and that's what I look for when I hire, you know, people is I look for drive, determination, wanna be there and enjoyment of the industry, that kind of thing. Because if I get somebody that's coming, kind of like, well, I don't know. Or, you know, if I ask a question, where do you wanna be in five years? You know, or what do you think you'll be in five years? Well, I don't know, and eh. wrong answer, bye.
0: Good luck to you. Yeah, that's 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 so true. And it's such a competitive industry, too. So you have to really, really want it and really want to be there to be in this type of industry. You,
1: you, you know that. You know that, right? You worked at ESPN, right? Yeah. Okay, so you know. Talk. I worked at ESPN for 11 years. You know, I stopped working there in 12 years. Uh, I worked from 1999 to 2011 at ESPN Radio. And, you know, I, I was a contract hire there the whole time, which... It's amazing that I lasted that long without Mickey getting his hooks in me, but um, I was able to do that largely because of the two announcing jobs that I had. One of which was the Patriots, the other one is the Friars, and they knew that you know if they if I if they said you're gonna choose between one or the other, I would have said bye, Mickey. You know, wow. I wasn't going to give that up because those were lifelong jobs. So the bosses that I had at the time, good guys. I'm still in contact with everyone. I, I left on great terms with everybody at, at the uh, the uh, aforementioned worldwide leader. But um, I just it, it, I got tired of commuting mostly because I was commuting from you know uh, Rhode Island and, and Massachusetts to oh, Bristol, wow. Connecticut every
0: day. Wow.
1: So, yeah, it, that's yeah, tough.
0: that's a long commute. so.
1: That's that sucked. That was not good. Yeah. And, and I put a lot of miles on my car, but, um, uh, you know. It was still worth it. And if I was in the same situation, I'd, I'd do it all over again. I would totally because uh, of the opportunity. And I got some great I got a chance to be, you know, on the air, you know, four or five days a week in a national radio network. Uh, and then even when I uh, slowed down doing that, I was still doing, you know, play by play for ESPNU when, he, when the U launched. Uh, I was one of their first play-by-play announcers. And I did most of when the Big East contract was still on ESPN, I was doing all of the uh, ESPNU and the uh, ESPN regional, you know, uh, games that they were televising. Uh, And it was a blast because being located where I was uh, situated at the time I lived in East Providence, uh, I could get to Boston. I could get to Connecticut. I could get to New York, you know, and so they always called me. I was getting a ton of work, and I'm just like, dang, who wants to give this up, right? So that's kind of how it rolled for a while until, you know, as we all know, the, the college world imploded about uh, a decade and a half ago, and a um, little more than that now. And um, things have changed. I, I wouldn't say they've changed for the worse. They just changed. Things change. Things are changing again with, you know, NIL and all this other stuff that's going on now. It's just, it's going to be different. We have to get used to it. You know, I told myself, Gabby, years ago that when when I stopped wanting to change, that's when I need to retire. And I've always I've always lived with that. I've always lived when I am not ready to change anymore. It's time to go. See, ya. I'm, I'm headed to Florida. I'm headed to Key West. I'm going to go join. I'm going to go down to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville and hang my hat and find a parrot to put on my shoulder and drink margaritas. <laughs> that's what I'll do. But I'm not ready yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, that does not sound like too bad of a retirement life right there either. <laughs>
1: but, yeah. I, I try to kick the tires on that once or twice every year. just to remind myself this is what I'm working for. This is truly what I'm working for, right? I mean, I never thought of myself as a parrot head, but I guess I kind of am. you know, I kind of like that lifestyle. I really like the Caribbean vibe. You know um yeah. you know and i do spend some time in the caribbean but uh you know key west is is you know, hey it's 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 the you know american caribbean really and if you've never been down there so you know uh, sound like i could probably go to work for the chamber of commerce right now based on the way that i'm selling it but uh, <laughs> really? it just it's just a vibe down there that i really enjoy i mean it's totally laid back and you know you come as you are i don't care who you are you know that, that's the beauty of it you know you can be purple green black white Gay, lesbian, uh, old, young—I mean, even you be anything, anything. Nobody cares.
0: That's awesome. nobody
1: cares. Yeah, great. that's Love that's it.
0: great. Yeah, it just doesn't matter who you are. It's just thats Love the kind of vibe it. it is. There.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful melting pot. It, it's and that's what it is—a melting pot. You know, and then in every place, you know, you go places, and you end up migrating to people that are your own age and, you know, people that, you know, have your, your same likes and dislikes. Like I like to go listen to, you know, a little, uh, you know, I'll go listen to a little honky tonk. And then every once in a while, I'll listen to a little rock. And then and then I'll go, um, you know, maybe a little more than just a little rock. And then I uh, will listen to some jazz every once in a while. And then you know, and then it's just you know, it just depends on the mood. Right.
0: Yeah, it just yeah depend depends on what you're feeling at, at that specific time. Yeah i would love yeah. to go down there at some point though and check it out. It's you've worth you've, it. you 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 told me on it pretty hard no, here. It's, so it's definitely but really you, Yeah,
1: but see, you know, the first thing you'll do though is you, you'll figure out, you know, uh you, you'll go down there and, and you'll see all these, you know, gray-haired people like me, and you're like what the hell am I doing Where do all these old people come from? And, and and then you kind of realize, hey, these old people are cool. And so you just you just hang and party with them and it's it's a blast. It really is. It's a blast. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's that's definitely an interesting vibe for sure. <laughs> that that's funny. I'm I'm definitely going. I'm definitely checking it out now. Yeah, gonna, I'll, I'll report back to you on uh yeah 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 after, after the fact.
1: Sure, for sure. We'll start our own. We'll start our own Northeast uh you know Key West fan club or something. You
0: know <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, I do have to tell you, I am from Connecticut, so I am a huge UConn fan. Grew up about 15 minutes from the UConn campus. Well, then we, so, can't,
1: we obviously can't have this conversation anymore.
0: So my, my my dad and my grandfather always had season tickets to UConn basketball and football games. So that was kind of my childhood growing up was uh, the UConn background.
1: Uh, it's a it's – hey, listen, I totally understand it. It's, it's a great background to be a part of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was really happy believe, secretly – don't tell me. Uh, I was happy that, you know, UConn got back to the Big East because I always thought, you know, as a founding member, they deserved to be there anyway. Uh, if Football, unfortunately, got in the way, and football is kind of still in the way. But, yeah. no, know, I get it because that's what state universities have to do to really drive income, even though it's cost UConn a pretty penny and they're running this huge deficit. But, you know, UConn is the one basketball sc- one school in this country that really, you know, has football at a major level but it's still a basketball school. And so for that reason, I'm glad that they've sort of – you know, throwing a, you know, a lifeline to the basketball program. And hopefully they can find something to do with the football program at some point. But um, I'm, I'm glad that UConn basketball is back. Basketball in the Big East is better when UConn is good and everybody hates them.
0: I mean, it's not like people like Providence either, but. Uh, yeah. Well, nobody
1: likes Providence. Yeah. Providence, is, Providence is an afterthought. Providence is kind of like, you know, the redheaded stepchild. Who, who are you? Get the hell out of here. You know, that's what Providence is. <laughs> Providence is like a, um, you know, a thorn in the side of, you know, Villanova and, you know, and, and Seton Hall. And, you know, Seton Hall is kind of that way, too. I would say, you know, Yukon, Villanova, uh, um, Georgetown, schools like that. It's kind of like Providence. Providence. Okay. But at least Providence has character in history because Providence uh, for, you know, a smaller school. I mean, it's one of the smallest division one schools in the country. It's only got, you know, 4,000 undergraduate students, but uh, you know, it's, it's got a pretty good basketball, you know, pedigree. I mean, Lenny Wilkins, uh, John Thompson, uh, you know, Dave Gavitt, Joe Mullane. I mean, Hall of Fame caliber guys. I mean, Lenny Wilkins is in the basketball of twice as a player and a coach. So, you know, and he's really the first great player that came along. And then you've had so many others come along. And so it's really cool to see, you know, Providence have a resurgence. And it's cool to see UConn now bouncing back, you know, and trying to pick up the mantle that, you know, Jim Calhoun left behind. So uh, I think it's neat. It's a good time, you know, for basketball in the Northeast anyway.
0: Yeah. Big East basketball is, is just really special. And I feel like that's just where UConn belongs. And it's just, it's so much better for the program that they're back there now. And with terms of the competitiveness and the teams that they're playing, it's just a lot better for them to be back there. So I know me and my family as UConn fans were really, really happy when that move was made back to the big East, because it's just so much better for UConn basketball. And like you said, I feel like better for the whole conference with UConn being there and with, you know, the history of, of, the Jim Calhoun days and just the success that UConn did have, especially when I was younger no and then being able to be back in, in that mix with all those teams again.
1: Right. Totally agree. It's much better. It's much better sport now. And, you know, there's more em- emphasis and interest in it. And frankly, I, you know, the, the one you know, thing that I've always kind of, is already kind of marveled me is that, you know, as far as, you know, uh, sports fans in Boston and New England are concerned, why there isn't more interest in co- in the college game college basketball north of say one rhode island i mean nobody yeah. in boston gives a crap and and well, i know that's there's a there's a huge professional influence as we all know you know it i know it we all know it but i don't understand why with the history of college basketball in the region why college basketball isn't more important in the boston area i mean you know even you know boston college has had a tremendous you know background and history right. and you know and you've had that even with some of the smaller i mean look at Jim Calhoun, he came from Northeastern for goodness sakes, right? That's <laughs> where he was before he even went to Yukon. So, I mean, there's, there's great history here, and even in northern New England. I mean, UVM, Vermont has a great program. Yeah,
0: that's and, it's there, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, there's a ton of, you know, stuff that you can really hang your hat on around here, and it's kind of cool to, you know, you know, when it's not football season, to hang your hat on something else every once in a while, you know? I mean, I realize the NFL is still a 365 day a year sport, mostly for a lot of people around here. And and I get that. I get it every day. But, um, you know, every once in a while, I mean, you, you can't do chocolate ice cream every day. Because pretty soon you get sick of it. And you crave vanilla. Or you crave um, swirl. Or you, oh, you know what I crave? I crave Coffee, ice cream. I love coffee. I don't ice cream. like coffee, ice cream. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, sorry, we can't be friends. But I'm just. <laughs> but you got the idea here is you got to change it up, right? Every once in a while, you got to throw yourself a curveball, and and so that's kind of how I look at college basketball. Is it really? It fills the sports bill, you know. After football season's over, and I, people get into the Celtics and get into the Bruins, and hey, it's a good time right now to be a Celtic fan. I think people know, yes. but you know, the games are different the games are different. I don't even pay attention to the NBA until after Christmas.
0: <laughs>
1: because it's yeah, I
0: mean, it a long season. So It is.
1: It's way too long and for years the NBA has been just a game of iso ball, you know? It's kind of like okay, you go one-on-one and then I'll throw it to you and then you go one-on-one and, and there's you know, and that's why the Celtics season this year has actually been really fun to watch, you know, yeah. since like, January because they're actually playing as a team, which is really kind of cool to see, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really fun watching them right now. But I'm yeah, I'm with you. I've always liked college basketball more than the NBA. And there's really nothing else like March Madness. I feel like that time of the year is just so fun with everybody doing their brackets and just how many games there, there are that could go in either direction and watching all those upsets. It's just such a fun time. I feel like you don't really get that as much th- that feel as much during the NBA playoffs, because there's just so many more games. And it's With March Madness, it's how it's, you know, the one game do or die type of situation for teams. It's just a lot different of a vibe.
1: March Madness is the single greatest sporting event on the calendar in our country, bar none. And the reason is because it goes on for a month, number one. And number two, it involves, at least initially, you know, on the men's side, 68 different communities around the country. And then you had 68 more women's. You know, because some of them don't double up. You're you're talking literally over you know 100 to 100 and you know maybe 120 uh, cities around the country that are involved in the same event. Who can say that? Nobody, no, no sport can possibly. So even touch that. I mean, I would argue that the Super Bowl is is right there clearly, uh, and then to a lesser extent the World Series and NBA Finals and NHL Stanley Cup. Ooh, you know, I just <laughs> if you want. Real emotion and and, and angst uh, and competitive fire and I mean I you know it's it's the, it's the NCAA tournament and and then maybe the Super Bowl and then and then after that I'd say probably Stanley Cup hockey.
0: Sealy Cup right. hockey isn't really intense. There, there's not really much like yeah, there no, in terms of the intensity that comes with those games.
1: And that's part of the reason why I stay up and on the local teams, because I want them to be in that intensity so I can experience that intensity. Because we as fans, whether we're covering it or whether we're just trying to watch it and enjoy it at night, we want to be a part of that. And that's kind of how I got into doing what I do because I missed the intensity, you know, as an athlete. So I, I, how do I sink my teeth into something else? Found it.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, especially now even, now that the Bruins are out, I mean, it's it's still fun watching those those hockey games, but we as Bruins fans don't feel that same intensity because our team's not there anymore. You right. know, with March Madness, there's always games where there's right. that intensity of seeing those 15 seeds upsetting two seeds and those teams that are the Cinderella teams that make those surprise runs Everybody likes watching something like that.
1: That's the big difference. And someone said, well, I don't understand it. Well, here's the difference. Your team can get knocked out of the NCAA tournament, but you're still going to like, oh, my God, you know, when yeah. you see the next upset happen. You don't do that when your team leaves the NHL or the NBA playoffs. You're kind of like, eh, well, it's golf season, you know, and- 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 <laughs> next year, and it's literally over usually involved with the NCAA basketball tournament because of the whole David versus Goliath thing. I mean, we did that this year with St. Peter's, right?
0: Yeah. They were awesome. I was, everybody was pulling for them. Of course you were.
1: We all were. Everybody was. That was was
0: a cool story.
1: I know. That's what, and that's what brings everybody together. So that's what makes March Madness uh, to me, the single best event on the calendar because everybody can be involved even if your team gets knocked out
0: yeah like UConn was a first round exit this year they they lost and they lost in the first round of the the tournament but then like you said with teams like St. Peter's that there were other teams that I was still rooting for after UConn got eliminated so Mm -hmm. yeah that was unfortunate but it wasn't like the end of the world to me yeah there were other teams I could watch and, and be invested in for the rest of that tournament
1: all true Hundred yeah. percent, all true. My
0: dad, my dad always saw that as kind of a national holiday. He always would take that Thursday off from work and just watch all the games. He does it every year still to this day.
1: Well, don't we all?
0: The first day of it, well, he would never let me stay home from school though.
1: Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, the, the rare kid last ten years or so. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of tournaments, so I've been working. But you know, in the few times that we haven't been, haven't had it. It's kind of like, you know, I'll sit here in the office or I'll be at home or whatever, and I got it all up on my computer, and I'm watching it all day long. You know, yeah, maybe-
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too now. It's it's – I'll have as many, as many screens as I can with different games going. But when I was younger, I always tried to pull the, well, Dad, if you can stay home, why can't I? And it was always no. So – yeah. I would um, always, I would always strike out on that one, unfortunately, but.
1: but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're going to strike out on that one. Too.
0: But yeah, it's such a fun time. It's just really cool to be a part of. And that's why college basketball is just, it's super fun. And I feel like people who are like, no, the NBA is better. I don't really agree with that, but every, teach their own, I guess. But it's just, and, and this season, I feel like because the games are all, they kind of matter more especially in their, in, at the beginning of the season in college basketball is because it's a much shorter season. Whereas with the NBA, the beginning of the season, you might not be playing well. Celtics are an example of that. Then they started to play better later on, and you can make up for that more.
1: I don't know how anybody in the right mind can say that the NBA is better than the college game. It's not.
0: Yeah, it's, just not. It's, not
1: even, it's not even close. Because the NBA pros make the same damn mistakes as the college kids, and yet they're paid to not make mistakes.
0: It's so true, yeah.
1: So I mean, it, it's, I don't think it's even close. In the college game, you get more of the raw run, you get more of the emotion, and 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 I mean, I realize NIL is changing everything, but they're not playing for million dollar salaries. Okay, yeah. so it, it's just it's different, and plus you usually have a tie you you know you mentioned UConn you know you usually have a tie to the school that you went to school at and it's what's a way for you to stay attached to you know people that you went to school with that organization you know fans family whatever I mean it's a great way for people to have a lot in common if they wouldn't have anything else in common so to me that's why you know college athletics It is really the tie that binds more so than the professional game. And that's, I'm not not trying to put down college, you know, I mean, professional sports. I mean, clearly I've worked in the, you know, NFL. I've covered the NFL for over 40 years. I've worked for the Patriots for now 31. So it's just, you know, it's just, it's a different vibe. It's a different sport. It's a different way of being. And, you know, I learned to appreciate the, the good of both.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. I definitely appreciate both as well. But there's nothing like college basketball. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's that's me and my dad and my grandfather's bloodline right there as UConn. So <laughs> so that's that, that's a really special for us. But yes, yeah, speaking, speaking of the Patriots, though, I mean, how did you feel about their draft this year? Because there were definitely areas that they did not address that they could have addressed in this draft. And it's t- usually yeah. typical for the Patriots to not be the best at drafting players. But I, I was definitely disappointed that they didn't draft a single linebacker this year for one. That was a huge thing that I was looking at and saying, "Where? Wh- why was there not a single linebacker drafted and there's a couple other holes too i mean we don't really know for sure who's going to replace jc jackson like who the actual replacement is going to be i mean obviously the offense they added some pieces but what, are, what were your overall thoughts on their draft
1: you know i mean i, I was a little surprised but then obviously um uh, i don't i don't I guess I'm not really surprised only be and upon further reflection. Uh, the Patriots obviously know better than we do. Okay. Let's give them some credit. Yeah. Uh, it's easy for us to sit here and be, uh, you know, uh, second guessers because, you know, it's, it's not our jobs and our careers and all that stuff on the line. But, they get an awful lot of linebackers the last couple of years. I mean, Cameron McGrone is a great example of that. And and so they they want to give him an opportunity to to win the job, and they obviously feel he can and he can play a lot, which is part of the reason why they didn't go out and draft anybody because they felt like, well, we'll go out and draft other needs because we feel like that need is already solved. And that's regardless of what you think or I think or anybody else that, you know, opines on the Patriots, OK, it doesn't matter. And and obviously, if if it doesn't work out, then OK, then we can then we can second guess. But I think you have to be willing to give it a chance. So, I mean, uh, at first glance, I, I was I was a little bit surprised. And then upon further reflection, well, obviously, clearly I can see why they didn't do it. And, and of course, the coaches after the coaches been interviewed earlier this week. In fact, um, you know, that's what their way of thinking was. So. While I was surprised, I wasn't necessarily disappointed because uh, I'm really pleased with the speed that they added. And I think that's the one thing that we have. And I understand that there are a lot of people that still have their, you know, underpants twisted over, you know, taking guys that were rated much lower by the scouts and, you know, the draft nicks and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: I mean, that, that they, the, their first pick even, they could have taken him in the third or fourth round.
1: Well, they say that, <clears throat> but don't believe that. OK, it's easy again, Gabby, for you and I and and for, you know, Mike Felger and for Greg Bedard and for, you know, uh, any of these guys that, you know, uh, think they know to say they know when they don't. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. This is all a crapshoot. OK, we're rolling dice. That's all we're doing. And we're offering opinion. Nobody knows unless you're actually in that room with them and you're a part of that staff so let's get that out of the way first so that's why i think patriots fans to get upset over oh they didn't take a linebacker or oh they took a guy that was going to be available to the third round well, shut up <laughs> just shut up you don't know all you've done is you've parroted what the talking heads and local media are saying that's you don't know you're just saying what those numbskulls say so just stop just stop. nobody knows the only true grade that you can give a draft is three years after they've been drafted. You want to give me a grade on um, you know 2022 then fantastic. let's do it in 2025. That's really it. that's that's it. Yeah. And, and, and I just I don't look at it beyond that and I, I saved myself an awful lot of angst. I look at the draft now as okay. Do I get nervous? I used to. I used to. Why? Why? Because it's 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 going. The process has to play itself out. Now, you're talking about a coach. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. We're a little surprised. Some of us are still a little surprised that he's still coaching. But then again, I think he is driven to surpass Don Shula.
0: Yeah, I think
1: he wants to stay in this game and beat out Don Shula as the all-time winningest coach. And part of that is the competitor in him, especially before Coach Shula passed away when he called him Bella Cheat. Yeah. Okay. I think that stuck in his craw, And I think basically he's, you know, in his own way, he's showing Don, he's flipping Don Shula off from the grave. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Okay, fine. Guess what? You won't be the winningest coach for very long. And, and look, the man's had a certain amount of success in his 21 years in New England, okay? I think he still gets the benefit of the doubt. Has he hit on every draft pick? Hell no. Can he draft a wide receiver? Hell no. That's <laughs> I hope he's, I hope we finally see one, you know? Kid from Baylor looks pretty fast, but, boy, is he skinny. God, he's skinny and he's got small hands. And you, just, you don't normally see that from wide receivers. They usually got these big old fingers and, you know, but this guy, you know, he's different. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, okay? But until I can see him play, till we can actually see him get hit, till we can actually see him blow by a defensive back or, you know, get tackled in the open field or whatever, we don't know. And I say that all the time to anybody who wants, you know, to talk about it. So, uh, look, we can surmise that the draft, well, maybe they could have gotten these guys later. Maybe. But as I think, you know, uh, I read a piece that Mark Daniels from the Providence Journal did not too long ago. That I thought pretty much hit the nail on the head. And I'll paraphrase, but it basically was, look, when you like a guy, you like a guy. It really shouldn't matter what the Mel Kuypers of the world say. By the way, Mel's been a friend of mine for 30 years, okay? But it doesn't matter what they say. They're in the business to rate players, okay? That's his business. He doesn't see the the actual playing context of it. And he's not sure where a player's gonna fit more so than what the player can do, if that makes any sense, okay? So in that context, the Patriots like a guy like uh, Cole Strong, okay? They like him. And they probably glanced at, you know, well, you know, he might be there. He might not be there. looks like we might be able to get him later. But then when you get down to that part of the draft and, you know, they talk, everybody talks, everybody knows. And you hear rumors and you're friends with GMs and scouts and everything. And then you get wind of, oh, you know what? So-and-so is picking two spots or picking, you know, up after us. And they also like strong, by the way. And then they make a move to jump ahead of you and you get wind of that, okay? What are you going to do? You're going to make a move so you can get the guy that you've wanted all along, okay? Whether he was going to be... He's not. Why do you think they took him at 29? Why do you think they took him? Because he wasn't going to be there if they didn't take him. That's why they took him. I don't understand how that bit of common sense doesn't get through to people. Yeah, He was going to be gone. You can't say, oh, he would have been there two hours two rounds later no you can't you can't say that first of all you don't know second of all they wouldn't have taken him if he was going to be there because they're not stupid i'm going to give a team and an organization that's won six world championships uh the benefit of the doubt i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until they retire and they're no longer a part of the game so that's kind of how i feel about the draft I, you know everybody that says you know oh, the Patriots drafted f D, C minus. I'm listening to you know these you know radio talking heads and all these guys are good friends of mine. You know, they're doing it just to tweak your nose. You know, it's kind of like taking a puppy dog and rubbing his face in the doo-doo, right? <laughs> no, nope, I'm not buying that. Not buy- not buying it at all. I-, I think I'll wait to see, you know, how they play and how they hit and how they fit into the scheme and how they fit into the routine. And is it the right fit for what the Patriots want to do on offense or defense? It's why they didn't draft any linebackers because they feel like they've already got the guys in place to do the job that they feel they need them to do. It's why they gave up on Cole Winovich, you know, all this stuff. It's, It's all part of it. You know, they gave him two years to figure it out. And it's just like, you know what, let's see if we can, we have a better fit. So let's put him in a spot where he could be a better fit for somebody else. They don't go into anything vindictively. They don't go do anything to try to you know ruin somebody. They want to see everybody have success. You know you, you don't play this game for very long. You know and so you don't have an end for anybody. So they just you got to do that's when Bill says we're going to do what's in the best interest of the football team, and everybody rolls their eyes. Oh, no. like I haven't heard that before, Bill. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but he's being honest. Nobody stops to think that he's being honest. And if you don't give him the benefit of the doubt, well, then who the hell are you? Have you won six world championships in the last eighteen years? No, I don't think so. Sit down, shut up, and pay attention. <laughs> That's kind of how I view
0: it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard to know how anybody's going to pan out regardless of what team you are and who you're drafting anyway because these kids are coming, you know, they're, they're right out of college and you could see potential in a lot of them, which is why they get drafted in the first place and you see their strengths and their weaknesses from when they were in college, but it's such a different game at the professional level too. So right. it's hard to even know how anybody on, from any team is going to pan out. I mean, you could be the number one overall pick and might not pan out. You know what I mean? It's just hard to know for sure who's going to pan out where in any, in any situation.
1: It's very true. So that's why I look, I try to stay open-ended with it and all these so-called experts and analysts are saying, Oh, the Patriots really screwed up there because this guy would have been available in the second round. Mule muffins. That's all that is yeah. total BS, total BS. I yeah. don't know because again, you got to consider fit for the team, And you have to understand if you're in that war room and you're making a decision and the guy you like and the guy that you've identified as being a really good fit for what you want to do on offense or defense, okay, somebody else likes him too. Invariably, that's going to be the case. You know, it's like, you know, the whole Sean McVay video when, you know, he reacted and then they laughed. And it looked like they were laughing derisively at the Patriots for for selecting strong when they did. Right. And we all got a big kick out of that. Right. I mean, I remember I tweeted out after it happened. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And it wasn't because clearly it was misunderstood on both sides. But at the very side of it, what's the first thing we think of? It's because we always think negatively. We're trained to react negatively. Nobody says, oh, bravo They got cold, <laughs> <and> <laughs> says, what the hell are they doing? Like, Who is this and what are they doing? Or something like that, see? So are already trained to think negatively. And Sean McVay reacted like that and it got out on social media and it got viral to the point where he had to pick up the phone and call both Bill and Cole and say, dudes, guys, I didn't, that looked horrible. That's not what I meant. Yeah. You know, maybe he was backpedaling. Who knows? But, you know, he, I, I mean, I can understand why that would get out and, and be bad and why he would feel the need to do that because, you know, they didn't have him rated as highly as the Patriots did. But I'm sure there are some players the Rams picked that the Patriots didn't have rated highly. You just didn't see Bill Belichick go off and, like, oh my God, they took that guy where? You didn't see him.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. But, yeah, it was just, he was a little. He was a little immature in that regard. Yeah, that,
0: but, that's definitely not a good way to handle that situation no, no, at all. No. Yeah, because some not everybody's team needs are the same either. You know, what the Patriots need is not going to be the same as what the Rams need and or, you know, the Falcons or whoever it may be. Every team's needs are different too. So the, the players that the Patriots are looking at yeah. might not be the same types of players that Sean McVay is looking at because his team might need have different holes that they need to fill.
1: You are correct. You know, That's one hundred percent. So
0: and so, whatever that may be in terms of how Bill feels, like that person fits in. Sean McVay might be like, why would he take somebody like that? But maybe it's because for for his team, it might not be a need for them at the time anyway. So it's it's just it depends on the team and who's being drafted. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Totally. I was definitely I
0: was definitely um, a little bit surprised that they drafted a quarterback. I I didn't was I was I definitely not see that coming. I would say before the draft, a lot of people, you know, of course, overreacted about that though too, and said, "Why are we already drafting Mac Jones as replacement?" But he's not that that I'm not looking at that as drafting Mac Jones as replacement at all because they know that Mac Jones is the guy.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't think they drafted Mac Jones replacement. I think what they did is they drafted another quarterback that you know. Uh, look, they weren't sold on Jarrett Stidham. You know, and I think that you know the the hip injury right. that Stidham had it, it probably hurt him here more than anything else. He probably needed a fresh start. I think what they looked at is that look, we need somebody young that's going to come in and replace Brian Hoyer more than anything else. And look, this guy's got a lot upside. He's got a strong arm. and let's let's let him let's let him wing it and see what happens. And guess what? If he if he challenges Mac, great. It's yeah, either a it it, 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 there's no negative. There's no negative. The upside of that is he challenges Mac and he improves and he forces Mac to improve. Or he's good enough to beat Mac out at some point. Nobody expects that. But who the hell knows? I mean, look at what Tom Brady did.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, nobody expected that. And then look what happened What happened there, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. So I I just – I'm just you know uh, I'm a li- I mean I wasn't really surprised I thought that they might draft a quarterback somewhere the the guy that they drafted is, is the one that you know was a little bit surprised I mean I saw you know Zappy play um, it was the it was the conference USA championship game against Texas San Antonio against UTSA and UTSA won the game but Zappy was relentless in that game I mean he was relentless I'm like oh my God they can't stop this guy and so when I heard that the Patriots had drafted him because I wasn't watching the draft live when they picked him, I'm just like, Holy crap. I know that guy. He's pretty good. So, you know, that's Hey, we'll find out.
0: We'll yeah, and, yeah. I just, I don't, I wasn't really sure why people were mad about that because I'm like, I don't really see an, a downside to this situation. It's more when you have another quarterback option, you can see how he does. And yeah. then, if anything, it gives you another option, another solid quarterback option. Or, like you said, if he ends up playing better than Mac, then who's going to be upset about that? Because then you have a better quarterback in that spot anyway, as it is. Yeah. So, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really understand why people were upset about that move granted if they use their first pick on a quarterback I would understand but that's it's definitely not a oh we're looking to replace Mac Jones right now that was definitely not the mindset of getting this kid I just think yeah why not give him a shot see what see what he has and he could be a solid backup even more so than Hoyer or Stidham if he ends up being really that number two quarterback for the team we just don't know and I feel like it's that's more what it was to me, more so having quarterback depth options than, than being like, yeah, we don't trust Mac Jones, so we're going to try to um, replace him now.
1: Yeah, I think I'd go along with that. Sure, I, I would and agree.
0: That, yeah, and Mac, I mean, I definitely think I'm excited for his development and just to see how he progresses. And I think people were a little hard on him this past season um, because they're so used to, you know, Tom Brady and and all of this dominance at quarterback. But the kid was a rookie. He was going to make rookie mistakes, you know, and, and I think people were – kind of forgetting that in certain situations. But I think now that he has a year under his belt in the Patriots system, I am excited to see his progression and how he kind of continues to develop um, on this team. Cause I, 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 like the kid. I think he, you know, I think he could be really good for this team. I just think he, now that he has that exposure and he has a year under his belt here, I think he's going to have a better second season.
1: Well, you know, they say that the biggest, uh, you know, uh growth comes between your first and second year and just about anything that you do. So if that's the case, and I was pretty happy with what he did his first year, then I think big things were in store. So let's just make sure, that, let's just hope that he has enough weapons that, you know, he can use that will make him, you know, a better quarterback. Uh, you, you need a quarterback that, you know, is somewhere in that probably in the, you know, 10 to 20 range in terms of the ranking. You don't want one in the bottom third of the uh, NFL, the NFL. You know, you're not going to have another one in the top third of the NFL for a while unless he, you know he becomes a, like an eight to ten year veteran. So if you have somebody that's somewhere between ten and twenty, there's room to grow, and uh, I think that's I think that's good enough. That's certainly adequate enough. It also puts an onus on the staff to make sure that the rest of the team is you know in good shape.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I like Mac. I'm, I'm I think he I think he's going to have a good season this year. But again, this is going to be another season where there's going to be players thrown in and it's going to be interesting to see how they fit in with the whole scheme of things, very similar to how last year was because they brought a lot of new guys on last year to the team. And we didn't know which of those guys were really going to fit in with what the Patriots do. And it's going to be a lot of, um, you know, mixing and matching from that standpoint again this year, just to kind of see who fits in where and see what they have. Cause the division is obviously still tough. Buffalo's, you know, really good. I'm looking at Miami as well. I mean, this is going to be another tough year for the division, so it's going to be interesting to see where the Patriots fit into that this year.
1: Well, they'll. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't think that the Jets have passed them, but and you could yeah, certainly yeah. make an argument for Miami. That's, uh, yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I think Miami is going to be tougher this year.
1: Yeah, I think they will be. I think they will be. So I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold yet on you know the Patriots, um, you know, being out of the mix, but. You know, you'd have to certainly favor Buffalo, and and, and why not? So uh, they've given you no reason to think that they'll uh, be any less of what they were. Um, I mean, they th- they were phenomenal a year ago. Probably should have been in the Super Bowl. So um, we'll yeah. see. I mean, it's, that
0: that, that Chiefs Bills game was fantastic. That was an unbelievable. No, totally it was
1: one game. of the best games that we've seen in a long time. Bar none, right? It was
0: unbelievable. The good
1: an NFL game has been played in probably years. So it was extraordinarily entertaining. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that they changed the overtime rules because of the results of that game, but invariably <laughs> that's what ended up happening. And look, there's, there's nothing wrong with the overtime rules because, frankly, you know, to me, a championship caliber team has to be able to stop somebody.
0: Mm hmm. Well that's the whole thing too.
1: We didn't get the ball. ball. Well then stop them.
0: The Bengals did it the next week, too. That was the whole thing too. That That, was
1: that's to me that that whole that's the whole everybody gets a trophy mentality. Yeah that's bull. That's bull. Look, if you if if,
0: if ah, the Bengals did it, why couldn't the bills do it the week before? That's what I that's what I look at it as.
1: Of course, you know,
0: because the Bengals the Bengals showed why those overtime rules do work, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were they had they had the option to be able to stop them, and they did. And that's just what it was, you know? Correct. So, you don't look at the Bengals complaining about it because they did what they were supposed to do.
1: Yeah, 100%. You're right there. Bengals yeah. were pretty good, too. You know, Patriots' schedule this next year is not going to be as say. easy as, as, as people think it could be. Um, I mean, going you
0: know, into Green Bay, that's tough. That's tough.
1: Well, you got to play three of your first four on the road. And then after the bye, you know, you've got three or four on the road again. And the one home game you have is Buffalo. So I'm like, man, they can dig themselves a really deep hole if they're not careful.
0: Yeah, they play the Bengals at home. Um, Bengals are going to be good again. I, I, I really was rooting for them last year. That was such a cool story, seeing them go to the Super Bowl last year. That's going to be tough. I mean, obviously, yeah, they have – there's some tough games on here. I mean – The Raiders, it's going to be interesting to see how good they are this year. That entire division is going to be super good this year, I think, too, though. Um,
1: They're all all trying to, you know, play catch up to Kansas City.
0: All four of those teams, I think, are going to be good. Um, Denver is going to be better this year, too. So that's going to be – that, in general, is going to be a fun division to watch this year. But, yeah, I mean, going into Green Bay, that's going to be tough. I mean – that game against the Dolphins obviously in Miami is always tough for the Patriots at least they're getting that one over with in week one which I I do like about the schedule because at least that's early on in the season and it's not coming down to a must win in Miami situation um later on in the season just because we know that that for some reason they always struggle to win there so I do like that that one's early on but yeah I mean they literally the last the last game is is in Buffalo of the regular season, so that's also not ideal. But it's it's I look at just the teams they're playing. There's there's some tough teams on there. Arizona, they're good. Sure. So
1: yeah. you know th-
0: this is going to be a tough schedule for the Patriots.
1: Be a good challenge, good challenge for them. It'd be fun. I just hope they you know don't like I said. I hope they don't bury themselves early. That's all.
0: I know that's a little bit of what I'm concerned about too. Because I'm looking at some of them, and it's you know obviously the Dolphins are tough Steelers. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of season they have this year. Ravens are good Packers after that, you know, and then, and then they get the lions at home, but though those first four games are all going to be not easy games to me. I'm looking at, you know, um, any of those games, they are, are perfectly capable of losing, I think, or obviously capable of winning as well. But it's those four games could really set the tone for the season.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Totally, and and you know, um, it's always tough when you have to play the majority of those on the road. So you know, I, I, I look. It's it, it's it's great to sit here and speculate, and then we haven't even seen anybody put on pads yet. So exactly. I, I mean, I'm, like I said, there's there's a lot of room to go. Part of the fun is the speculation, of course, because we can sit here and talk about it until we're all blue in the face. But you know, uh, I think they've set themselves up in pretty good stead. The schedule is going to be what the schedule is. Nothing they can do about it. So you just you literally. This is why you hear the old adage: take it one at a time and and see how you fare, and hopefully that it'll turn out for you. But I, you know, I, I think that. I mean, can they can they do as good as they did last year? I think they got a shot. I think they got a shot.
0: That's the um, real. That's the whole question people have right now, too. Is yeah. They and, and I, get, and I think that's,
1: that's that's a legitimate question. Um, I think there's a chance to win nine or ten again. And I think 9 or 10 is going to put you in the playoff mix again. So, really, that's all you can ask for. And the next year, you know, when free agency turns around and you have much you know, uh, more opportunity and the salary cap increases, and hopefully you'll go out and um, do a little shopping like you did last year and, and see how you can build this thing up. Because there's no way that, you know, Bill's going to let this thing lag before he decides he wants to retire. You oh, know, no. And he needs, what, two, three decent years. You know, to pass Don Shula. And so yeah. I would tell you, you know, how long is Bill gonna stick around until he passes Don Shula? That's yeah, my answer. Keep, That's my it. answer, and I'm sticking with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a good theory, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that is what it is for him. And I know I've when I've had people on the show before, they've definitely talked about just Bill's real passion for the game of football. Like this is just what he does. I don't think he'll know what to do with himself when he retires because everything is just football for him you know, so I feel like there's. he will spend,
1: he will spend more time with Linda on Nantucket.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's just going to be, it's just going to be, it's going to be definitely a weird day for the Patriots when that happens.
1: Yeah, it will be, it will be, but you know what? Life goes on, right? Somebody, somebody will pick up the mantle and run with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean we will-
1: We're getting to the point in time where, you know, Robert Kraft won't, you know, I mean, yeah, John that's- will, know, that's another- will know everything, you know, pretty soon. So, I mean, it's just uh, nobody knows, but it seems like we've set ourselves up, you know, and the Patriots have set themselves up in pretty good shape here, you know, based on what they've done with their track record. So, you know, they're going to try to follow the template that they've kind of set forth, and they know what they're looking for. They know how to conduct business, and it's not like they're going to sell the team and somebody completely new is going to come in and and take over and do things differently. That won't happen here. So there's a good chance for some real continuity. Real, real continuity, and that's what you want, and that's all you can ask for. I mean, the Patriots were oh, so blessed to have, you know, the the twenty year dynastic run that they've had. Yeah. But there are some people that I know that don't think the dynasty's over yet.
0: I mean, it might not be. We we will find that out, I guess. But I mean, well, I some mean, people thought some people thought the dynasty was over when Brady left.
1: Well, a portion of it, sure, but dynasties don't end and reigns don't end just because a king is dead.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I said just because Brady, who obviously was a one of the biggest factors in that 20-year run, is gone. Yeah, it's, it's just, different. Just, but okay, the so team go back, as a rule might still win.
1: Go back through history. How did the Roman dynasty end? How did the how did the how did the Chinese dynasty end? War, you know, yeah. poverty, pestilence which screw ups. Okay. They get too big for their britches, whatever it is. They go out and declare war and they get beat. Right. Well, yeah. same thing happens with sports dynasties. People get, you know, you know, a big head and they think they go out and do this when they don't pay attention to detail and they don't follow the template that got them to where they were in the first place.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. How
1: I think it ends, if it ever does.
0: Yeah. That's such a good, interesting, open-ended question. What 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 is there? Is there wrong, what will be considered the end? You know, yeah, there's,
1: not, there's not a wrong answer. There's, there's no so clear
0: cut answer of like this is when the Patriots dynasty ends. This is how it, we define that.
1: Well, that but you just hit the key word. It's redefined. You know, di- a, a dynastic era can take you know a few years off and still be a dynasty. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the Romans had a couple of down years, you know, when, you know, they were plagued by the Vikings or something. I don't know. I'm just, you know, thinking <laughs> off the top of my head, right? But they still called the Roman dynasty. So, I mean, so the Patriots don't win a Super Bowl for another two or three years, right? I mean, how many years did they go between, oh, let's see, 2004 and 2001? 14?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's 10 years there. And yeah, and,
0: and people...
1: There's 10 years there, all right? They went 10 years between championships, and we're still calling it a 20-year dynasty. Come on now.
0: Yeah. No, it's so true.
1: And how many years has it been since they won one? Uh, 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 Four?
0: Four, yeah, 2018. We have six
1: more years to go, kid. (laughs) kind of how I look at it.
0: (laughs) I don't like that, (laughs) though. I don't like that. Makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it really is so true. It's so true. Yeah, no, it, it should be. I think regardless of what happens, you know, the Patriots are are the Patriots, and and it's it's team other teams know that you always have to incorporate the Patriots in in that because of their coaching and just mm-hmm. what they have going for them in the program. So on paper, the Patriots team might not look that good, mm-hmm. but you know, when you have Bill Belichick present, you can never really completely rule out the Patriots. And I think that's what a, a cool part about being a Patriots fan is, is other fan bases know you always have to keep an eye on what the Patriots are doing.
1: Correct. You are correct. Regardless. Yeah. Absolutely. Spot on.
0: Yeah. So that, that's what that's what I love about, about the Patriots and, and just being a fan of this team is people know, you know, no matter what the Patriots look like on paper, you could never rule them out. You just can't.
1: Nope, nor should you, because when you do, that's when you'll end up screwing up and getting beat by them.
0: Yep, it's so true. It's so true, but it should be, I'm ex, I'm excited for the season. I mean, I, I, I need my summer first, though, so I don't want to rush through the summer right. to get to football season, because I as need to be, As it. we began
1: this conversation, we <laughs> end this conversation with summer, and getting to the beach, and enjoying some cold beverages, and yeah, 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 so... I totally exactly.
0: I need to get all of that first. Yeah. Then, when we're getting towards the end of the summer, that's when I'll then, say. Hey, then, but, then
1: we're ready for the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta get the summer out of my blood first. I, I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it should be, it, it should be definitely interesting. I think the, the, the schedule is obviously tough, but there's, there's games in there. I think they definitely could win. I think they could finish around where they did last year. Maybe, maybe a game or two. Last it really, it really depends. It's so hard to know again because we don't know how the Patriots are going to look going into the season. But people can speculate based on what their schedule looks like. But overall, it's the Patriots. I trust what they're doing. Just trust the process, as they say, and we'll see what happens.
1: You're you're right. I mean, that's exactly that's what we should do. In the meantime, we can have fun and we can speculate, and you know, it's good discussion. And you know, uh, and you know, we consider certain points and maybe follow up on a few here and there. We see how the summer plays out, but. You're right you you have to have a little bit of faith in the program and see how they uh, how they handle it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely definitely. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on the show with me. This was this was great. Definitely I learned a lot uh from you and I appreciate you you taking the time today.
1: Of course. My pleasure to join you. Thanks. And listen, good luck to with the with the show and and uh, I hope you're able to get some of that beach time this summer.
0: Thank maybe, you. Yeah. Maybe I'll, US,
1: see, maybe, maybe I'll see you down in Key West one of these days.
0: I was gonna say maybe I'll be booking a place to Key West soon after this. Don't
1: so. <laughs> regret it.
0: But yeah, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week, everybody else as well. Hope you have a great weekend. I know it's supposed to be super hot, so uh, try to stay hydrated, stay, uh, yeah. stay cool, and um, I will catch you all next time. Have a great one, everyone.